0: The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can
1: do something epic!
0: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report Podcast. This is episode 452. Uh, that's crazy. In fact, I realized we rolled right by uh, episode 450, uh, but that's because you were hosting it, Mr. Bruce Gibson. What, what gives? What's going on, yeah, man? Yeah, well,
1: because it's a special number, so we had to have a special show. Exactly. And so I was on, and you weren't. <laughs> My <laughs> so gosh, man. I don't know. How that dare you? That doesn't sound right.
0: No, no. It's good to, uh, good to have you back, man. It's it's good to talk Star Wars.
1: I know. I I, I like talking Star Wars.
0: I I you know, and rather than just kind of like re- BS and back and forth, let's get we let's get right into it. Let's get into the news. We have something to report. Some I have good news. Data brought to us by the bottom Spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen listen. Uh mm. you can have you can get baby Yoda macaroons. That's the lead story, folks, here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I thought, listen, I did some serious research and prep for this episode. I thought long and hard about what you know we should talk about. What is at the top of minds of Star Wars fans everywhere? That you, you guys, you, you're you've been itching to hear us talk about. And I could think of nothing better than Baby Yoda macaroons.
1: Uh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is this is like the perfect timing, and I'll tell you why. Just ten minutes before we jumped on the mics mm-hmm. my wife was showing my daughters cuz they didn't they don't typically watch the mandalorian she's <gasps> like girls i have to show you something i just have to show you something she sat them in front of the tv i'm like what are you doing she's like i got to show them something that baby yoda did and it was the scene of him eating these <laughs> we just watched it again 10 minutes ago what, and then i fast forwarded when he threw them up
0: is there a point of of just abject consumerism <laughs> <laughs> or have we have we turned that card in long, a long time ago as Star Wars fans, where you know the the age of uh, of a Star the, the chance for us as Star Wars fans to complain about over merchandising closed that window closed in maybe 1984, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not is, earlier. I'm, I'm literally These looking at. Are- these that, things
1: are forty nine ninety nine.
0: Well, well, they're not. Don't call them just things. Where did you get this? I know, but thing? Wait, wait is This is a 12 pack? Sonoma, This Does is it a mean, 12, like, 12, pa- 12 of these, or yes, packs that, of twelve. Uh, that's a good question. Good question. <laughs> but these, uh, uh, these are Navarro Nummies. They're not just m- macrons. They're Navarro Nummies, and they're on William Sonoma's website right now. For the listen. Can you put a price on happiness, Bruce? That's my question to you. Can you?
1: Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs>
0: Is it more than $50? <laughs> In this case, no. Uh, I dare you right now to order a box of these macarons on Williams Sonoma right now while we do well, the I show. I
1: want to. <laughs> you can do. I f- do. I want to. Not because I want to. I want to give them for my wife because she just watched that scene I know she loves it. But for 50 bucks. <laughs> For 12 little
0: macaroons? No. Well, let me read you before know- you decide. Don't, decide. don't decide. Don't decide yet. I know you lean slightly in one oh. direction. <laughs> You've kind of tipped yeah. your hat. But I, I can't until you make that final decision. They were inspired by a sweet moment when a young Navarro student debated sharing his treats with the child. 21st century's artisans in California. Not just not bakers, Bruce. Artisans. In California, of all places. Listen, these aren't just from, I don't know, Oklahoma. California macarons. I've created these. I can't even read this copy with a straight face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but keep going.
0: (laughs) They've created these ethereal French-style almond macarons, capturing the essence of this scene with Navarro Nummies, trademarked, uh for authentic galactic flavor each exquisite treat is artfully hand uh hand piped hand dipped i think is what they mean to say with a rich and creamy filling vanilla oh, filling this so good. Uh, you, it comes with the box comes with 12 macarons so that's a that's a little bit of uh hey google what's uh $50 divided by 12 all right let's see if we can get the so doing the calculation here mm-hmm. It's not even for the price of a cup of coffee. You, too, could have one Navarro Nummy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you also have to factor in the shipping costs.
0: You know what? You know what? Um, you know what? The, my Google machine. You probably couldn't hear it too far off mic, but she said, Sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> in the background. You know what, Google? You're probably right. You're probably right. That's kind of obscene. Let's be. I, but you know what? They have, like, all the screenshots but it it tells you the merchandising pipeline like these Mandalorian Mondays I didn't really add any specific um blog post on like all the merchandise cuz there's been so much but these Mando Mondays they're taking this merchandising seriously every week new releases that coincide with the specific episode that airs this week imagine if they had this kind of like coordination for the merchandising and marketing of of Rise of Skywalker <laughs>
1: <laughs> you would think. That would have been smart, but I I have I have a confession to make.
0: Uh oh, what's that?
1: Hit. I just ordered the dumb things. You you. <laughs> I did. You did As that. you were describing them, I was like, oh, "That sounds pretty good." And I thought, "Oh, my wife would love to get these at Christmas." And I'm like, "Yeah, for fifty bucks," <laughs> but with shipping and handling, it's like sixty three. <laughs> And I went in. I went in, and I thought, "Well, I'm, I don't have my wallet, so I don't have my credit card. But if it has PayPal, then I'm going to order it." And, and it, sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, they accept That's PayPal. Amazing. And I went ahead and did it. Mm. And I'm trying not to think about it now because it was probably a dumb decision.
0: It's listen, you're one of two things. That I I I've had the privilege of hanging out with you and your family, and I know that your dear sweet wife is going to either absolutely love this because it's this funny moment that she was pointing out for the episode and like oh yeah it's those or she's gonna be asking why on earth you just spent 65 dollars
1: well i'm not gonna tell her how much it was <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fair that's fair if, you if know i told what, her that
1: she's gonna be like oh no you shouldn't have done that but no she might be okay with that actually listen, it's not
0: that much it made a great bit on the show though so can we put a price on that definitely not oh
1: but it has continued bit To the show, for a future show, because I I will send you a picture of us eating them.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to send me some of them.
1: (laughs) No, I'm not sending you Are you kidding?
0: They're 50 bucks. Don't send me a picture. (laughs) That's not how we do it. We're going to do a a live taste test on the show. Uh, We're going to do, we weren't able to this week, and I know I I had all these ambitions from last week when we went live, but but I can say this next Tuesday, we'll be back live, 8 p.m., uh, on my YouTube channel. Link's gonna be in the show notes. Just search for Riley Blanton on YouTube you'll find it. And um and and maybe who knows, by then maybe you'll you will have received your um macro I mean Navarro nummies.
1: Uh yeah oh gosh, I forget what it said it, when they arrived. It looks like it was gonna be in a couple weeks. Okay. A few be, weeks? Like, <laughs> Are they gonna I, be Well it was gonna be before Christmas. Hold on I oh man, I'm trying to see.
0: Yeah, what you was look was that? at that I shipping think- com- confirmation right now cuz we need to um, we need to make sure that we get
1: Okay, here we go. Right. Estimated delivery es- by December 16th. December 16th. Six- oh my gosh. <laughs> it says this item cannot be
0: returned. Uh, cannot You can't return the Navarro nummies? What if they're stale? No. Then what are you gonna do? Well, well listen, live you're... taste test December uh, in December we're gonna do it. Um, I, listen, I'm I'm here at at my little apartment working through all of these holidays, so I have nothing better to do when I get off work than <laughs> live stream you taste testing <laughs> these things. It has,
1: it has to be Christmas or after, right? Because that's what I'm giving them to her. Right? Christmas. Uh,
0: that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a, a special live show. Forget since there's no listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's no new Star Wars movie coming out this Christmas, but there is. Bruce Gibson eating Navarro Nummies live on air. We may or may not have just spent the first 10 minutes of this episode. <laughs> so,
1: I'll be eating them like a baby Yoda.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk, let's talk about uh, There's some more Mandalorian stuff. And actually, we have some of y'all's feedback. I'll, I'll tip my hat now, um, emailing us talking about uh, the recent episodes of Mandalorian. And we're getting ready as we record this to hop on with our Bothan High Council Patreon supporters and do an episode of Rogue Transmission. So, uh, patreon.com slash Star Report. We're going to be having lots of Mandalorian talk that is not... Uh, limited to the uh, Mandalorian macarons. However, we do have other Mandalorian news. Um, season two, they are doing a season two of Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which is coming to Disney Plus Christmas Day, December Yay. 25th. Um, I'm pretty excited. I, I had not heard anywhere that it had been confirmed that they were going to do this. So this kind of surprised me. Um, is it a surprise to you, or does, does it, I guess, just make sense?
1: It makes sense. I mean, it was a bit of a surprise. I thought it would be much later that we would yeah. get it sometime next year. But That's, yeah, I saw this n- news earlier today. Do you think
0: it's going to be like a crappy Zoom version? It probably is. It's, it's got to be, right?
1: Um, you can't get everybody yeah. like around that
0: round table.
1: Yeah, it might be.
0: Maybe they'll do like a special social distanced round table where it's just like really big. Everybody's, well, I don't know.
1: When they filmed this, when they filmed the series, maybe they were doing this along before... The, uh, COVID.
0: That's true because I remember the first season was very much formatted like looking back at the episodes. It looked like they had like booked a bunch of conference rooms over over a weekend <laughs> and shot it all, which is my problem in some ways with the Mandalorian Disney Gallery, in that it didn't really. Chronicle the process. It was everybody just kind of sitting there talking about the process, and to me, all my favorite behind-the-scenes Star Wars documentaries have been about that—about seeing the process as it happens. That's why I loved the beginning, the Episode One documentary. And um, I even—it's funny—I was literally on Disney Plus watching um, the in the extra section for Attack of the Clones. I was just curious. I was flipping through the films, wondering like, what documentaries did they actually include on Disney Plus? And they've got the the one on all the sound mixing for uh, Attack of the Clones and like the, how that whole process worked. It's like this 35, 45-minute documentary that chronicles like a 12-year-old, uh, well, what's the name of the sound designer? Not Ben Burt, but his protege, Matt Wood. It's like a 12-year-old yeah. Matt Wood <laughs> running around microphones trying to do pickup dialogue. It's stuff that I hadn't seen in years or it, I honestly didn't remember seeing at all. But um, I, I kind of hope maybe season two... They c- captured, like you're saying, Bruce, more along the way, so that we can get a better peek of what that storytelling journey was like. I don't know. I don't. I didn't even realize all those.
1: Well, I know not all of them, but some of those documentaries were on Disney Plus. I haven't even noticed that.
0: Yeah, highly recommended. They don't. It is a limited and odd. It's kind of a random selection. There have been so many great uh, documentaries and bonus features over the years. I, I'm surprised that that they haven't just dumped all of it on Disney Plus. You would think they yeah. own it? Remember, the, remember the mockumentary R two D two beneath the dome. Yeah, like yeah, that th- thing. Throw that thing on there.
1: Yeah, you know what? Throw on Star Wars detours on there.
0: Whatever happened that, to that? That would be nice.
1: <laughs> we haven't gotten that. I keep wondering about what's going to happen to that, if anything. Oh
0: come on! If they just did the Lego holiday special, it's time to release the if, detours. Right? You would
1: think so. I mean. I I don't know. Maybe because they don't want to overshadow Lego. Maybe it's too similar. I
0: don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know. I didn't actually. We. We. Were, that was what this segment was going to be originally. But I did finish the um, Lego Holiday Special.
1: Oh, good. What'd you think? You liked it? Not as oh. I liked
0: it. Not as much as uh-uh. I thought I would. You know. Uh. Yeah. There, there were there were like two or three great moments i'll tell you what the greatest moment was period hands down and that was um general huck stumbling in on kylo ren very much (laughs) a shirtless lego (laughs) minifigure that was good it was they took the bit so far like i was like is this allowed are they doing this (laughs) <laughs> uh, and ladies and gentlemen, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you saw the special, if you haven't, you need to go watch the Lego. It is fun. It's, there's a lot of retread there's- of like robot chicken jokes that we've all heard before as star Wars fans. And I'm, and I'm realizing this, that I think there's, hu- there's star Wars humor that's stale to you and me that probably isn't to people who, you know, haven't heard the it's a trap joke a million times. Right. But but I there were some good there were some my favorite moments were all of the most original moments although Ray was a little annoying. <laughs> but,
1: Why would you say Ray was annoying?
0: I don't. It was they they overplayed her character a lot and parodied yeah. her eagerness, and I guess that's what they were going for. I think it's intentional. It just like to me, um, I it would that that wasn't it. it I don't know. It was a I little slapstick, yeah, yeah slapsticky, so in in a way that didn't work as much for Ray. Although I loved everything else, I loved the Palpatine, even though he's very derivative of the robot chicken stuff. Just I can't get enough of that. I love that stuff. Um, and like,
1: Kelly Marie Tran was oh, uh, she did great
0: voice. She I uh, was one of my favorite uh, characters. She was uh, great and a great touch point. Chewy was hilarious. I'm trying to think if there are any other moments that really jumped out to me. Uh, whiny Luke Skywalker's is fantastic. Um, yeah, I I, I, I like it.
1: seeing the young Luke Skywalker with Ray. That was pretty cool.
0: That was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was a very interesting world between worlds kind of vibe for the yeah. for the for the thesis of the episode too so but
1: we're going to talk about next week in detail yes, right? right yeah well you can we'll jump in, yeah we'll yeah. jump
0: in more in depth but i i figured since it since it came up and we were talking Lego, i had to bring it up speaking of lego i we we i don't have it in notes but i they have one of the uh, mando monday releases is the uh, tatooine lego set with mandalorian on the speeder and the tuscan raider giant freaking trebuchet looking thing like the medieval weapon that they used to take down the crate dragon. Woo. Yeah, I want to want to buy. That I want to
1: do a Lego crate dragon.
0: I think they have like a, the cave or something. They obviously didn't do the full crate dragon, or it'd be three thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Hey, hey, kids, get the Legos out. We're gonna build the cave, not the crate dragon. Just <laughs> the cave. The cave. The, the cave. cave.
0: <laughs> the cave. Um. <laughs> oh, all right. One more. Uh, can you hit me with one more Mandalorian thing? It's all Mandalorian these days, guys. Um, but so. they re- they released, actually, it's already, it's out now. It came out November 20th, is season two, volume one is now available via digital download uh, via Disney Music for the soundtrack of The Mandalorian. Ludwig Goranson is the composer. Um. I don't know if you're familiar with any of his other work um Bruce but he is he's sort of these one of these he's very kind of a young and up and coming composer in the way that Bear McCreary was when he did sorry guys soundtrack nerd moment Bear McCreary when he did um uh the Battle Star Galactica score but uh I think he's done a fantastic job uh, Oh yeah He's most but, famous no, for he- for Black Panther that was his big sort of flagship score Yes
1: um now is he is he the same guy that did uh creed he
0: is indeed the same guy that did creed and creed 2 how'd you know
1: yes uh because i'm a star wars fan uh <laughs> no i just remember hearing that before because i remember when season one premiered i thought that there was some elements to the theme song of the mandalorian that reminded me of like a rocky theme mm. and then i heard that he wrote for the movie creed at that time and i was like oh well there you go he's perfect for creed and he's perfect for this now too
0: <laughs> yeah it is funny how that works out but he he definitely gives an interesting spin. On the score it is it is not very derivative, derivative of John Williams. But there's precedent for that. I actually like the in the same way that George really kind of did a left turn with Star Wars music with Kevin Kiner and the Clone Wars score. Especially that Clone Wars movie. You remember some of the heavy percussive tribal elements um that were not very John Williams at all, but I I've I've loved that. So like I I, I have not had a chance to go through and listen to to the the whole score yet but I I look forward to actually getting a chance you know there's been some good music I remember yeah here's a track called Reunited that's from the I think it's the most recent episode and it was a good example of his style Yeah, It's still got it's It's got a Star Wars quality But still a That kind of For lack of a better term Tribal sound And it's also intense Very percussive And much more intense Than a lot of um, Star Wars score Traditionally is in the movies But in a way that I think Fits the bill for Like um, Serial television In the same way that A lot of You know These Sci-fi shows that Inspired Star Wars Originally did Here's a little, uh, little glimpse. The one thing I will say about the Mandalorian score is it's, it's not as thematic as instantly earwormy as, as a lot of the themes it would in a way that the Clone Wars wasn't either like Ahsoka has a theme, the clones have a theme, but uh, pop quiz. Are you ready, Bruce? I want massive you to memory. hum Ahsoka's theme right now.
1: I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, somebody, <laughs> I, I don't remember. Right I now. could, but that's because I'm a massive freaking soundtrack nerd. But, yeah, I want you to hum uh, Yoda's theme. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Not as Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get my point. I, I think if, if you're listening to this, if you're a massive Star Wars soundtrack nerd, you, you, you can... Get, get these themes around your head, but it's definitely not. as just earwormy and catchy. Um, it's contemporary in a way. Um, but I, I really think that, and I hope to see more thematic material in the line of the main theme, because they have the main theme. It's da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my new favorite bit. I want you to all <laughs> oh,
1: I can think of right now is <laughs> Grover from Sesame Street and there's <laughs> this one where he's like <laughs> and then he runs like, oh, away <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I used to read a lot of Sesame Street books to my kids and you know like, oh, I had to do
0: Grover yeah. Which I mean it's close awesome. it yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> it's <is> close <laughs> uh, uh all right all right um all right uh, I'll, I'll move on all right uh, moving past mandalorian because if there's no if there isn't a sign that we need to move on uh Am I even that's not worth
1: it. being on the show I'm not <laughs> what is any value to this
0: <laughs> no listen that that yoda impression was priceless no it was worth 49.99 exactly what you paid <laughs> for the macarons um Okay, all right. So, we, we have... Uh, actually, I pulled this article. We can meet some of the um, characters from Tales of uh, Galaxy's Edge, which is going to kind of... Um, it's a new era with the High Republic. Uh, Tales of Galaxy's Edge introduces us to one of these characters from the High Republic era, the Miralon Jedi Padawan, Adi Sunzi. Uh, and, in fact, uh, I'll, I'll just read the copy straight from... Uh, Straight from the book, they, they just kind of released this, but um, there's this uh, brief excerpt. Hundreds of years before the rise of the Empire, the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order were at their zenith, uh, serving and protecting the galaxy during a time known as the High Republic. As part of their efforts at the time, the Jedi established outposts near the Outer Rim, including a research facility on the planet, you guessed it, Batu. So uh, we get to learn a little bit about Addie Sunzi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right as... But um, she worked at this uh, ba- Batu outpost. And it's a pretty interesting uh, visual design. I- I'm kind of... I'm into it. I'm excited to see uh, a little bit more about the book. I-, I wasn't tracking this as one of the High Republic era books. But it makes sense that if they're doing this new publishing initiative that they still link it to other big properties within star wars and of course batu that's what's something you have to do uh if yeah you, if you're i feel like in. every
1: other book is going to be on batu and every book now is going to be high republic for a while you know it makes like sense. linking all those together yeah and you know what when you link things together you're adding them together therefore that is the name of this character addy mm. but uh <laughs> no but no I, I like the look of her i mean she's you know purple yeah, which I like. I like purple, and she's, you know, wearing gear. <laughs> I mean, that's as much as I can say.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
1: true. And has a lightsaber.
0: Well, and there is also um, the Galaxy's Edge experience that uh, ILM X Lab has been developing for VR, um, called Temple of Darkness, which yeah. is also a VR story set hundreds of years before the events of Phantom Menace. So it's also set uh, during the High Republic um, era, and it will also feature and you'll step into the role via virtual reality of Jedi Padawan Addy Senzi, and um, you know I never even saw this trailer it's only a minute I'm going to play the audio and just kind of uh, give her a quick response to it on the podcast here um, here we go I'll shoot a link to you Bruce There's as well something wrong with this place they're gone I don't feel any of them no Lost the temple is. Yes, only death here now follows you, it does. Star Wars uh, Tales from Galaxy's Edge Oculus, via Oculus Quest. That's cool. I, I like the look of it.
1: I do, too. This looks really cool. Uh, I want to go there. I want this at Galaxy's Edge, these locations, this temple and stuff. That would be cool.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm into it. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. I, I think um, I love the character design. I like the idea of, of visiting the temple. It's very Jedi Fallen Order, very yeah. Knights of the Old Republic very much in line with that. It's it's cool to see that being brought into Star Wars as well. Um, I just
1: like things that feel like artifacts and history in Star Wars. You know, going into a temple, you know, something old that's been around for thousands of years or something. Like, that always interests me.
0: Yeah. Well, this week, I normally don't do something like this, Bruce. Um, But, you know, speaking of uh, artifacts of Star Wars, 22 years ago... Today, uh, well, this past week, November 18th, uh, this trailer premiered. And I want you to take a listen, Bruce, without any further context. Every Saga Has a Beginning. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? He can see things before they happen.
1: He can help you. The Force is unusually strong with him. He was meant to help you. Anakin! Come on to take off!
0: Will I ever see you again? What does he hurt to tell you? Are you sure about this? Trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know?
1: Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. I sense
0: much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. (laughs) Episode 1. The Phantom Menace.
1: Oh my gosh. That just brings back so many memories. I and to this day I still think it's one of the best Star Wars trailers. Mm. Yeah. I just loved it. We're, I mean, again, thinking back to those days of sitting there with quick time and waiting for a half hour or so to for it to download so I could just watch it. But I mean I've I never, saw it so many
0: times. I've never asked you the story, and I and I just wanted to you know take more opportunities to to relive what Star what made you know Star Wars so magical for different generations of fans, and I don't think I've ever asked you the story of like where were you when you first saw the Phantom Menace? Did you go like to meet Joe Black <laughs> to just watch the trailer, pay the ticket for just that? I know that was a big thing back then.
1: I don't, gosh, I don't remember doing that. I don't think I did that but i know i saw it in the theaters at some point the trailer but mm. i do remember watching on on my computer at this period of time in my life i was now engaged you know we we're planning a wedding looking for a house all that stuff and you know it's been years since we had a new star wars movie and i mean mm. just watching this it was in, and, in and seeing Tatooine and, and seeing Yoda and other things. And, and just, you know, the, I guess what I'm trying to say is as a kid, when you just had the original trilogy, you had visions of what this
0: mm. looked
1: like. What did a young Obi-Wan and Anakin and all, what was that like? And then to see it look a little different than what I expected, but just to actually see it, it was almost like you said, like artifact. It was like, you know, finding a treasure. Like, oh my gosh, this long lost treasure, I found it. It's like, now I know what it was like and now we're going to see it on the silver screen. And I watched that trailer over and over and over again. That Star Wars, John Williams music in there and stuff. I mean, it gets me even just watching it now. It just mm. brings back all those memories. And when the movie came out, it was two weeks after my wedding. And so on our honeymoon, <laughs> my wife gave me as a wedding present the novelization and we were reading it together on the plane going to our honeymoon.
0: Nice. But we never
1: finished it. So when I went to see the movie, it wasn't like I knew how it was going to end. But yeah, this is when the novelizations came out before the movie, not months later. Oh yeah, Why that's true. That's that? I guess that's a more recent thing.
0: If you're, it's, if you're listening to the the Star Wars report right now, and um, and you grew up at a time, if you're like me, like if you grew up at a time where I didn't see the Phantom Menace in its original theatrical run, I was I was I was the right age at the time. It just it just didn't happen. For a variety of reasons um, I, I was I knew about Star Wars, and I had some older siblings who were into it, but like uh, I just hadn 't seen the original trilogy yet, and uh, we 'd just come back from living overseas for a long time, so like going to the movies wasn 't just just wasn 't a thing that my family did, um, which is funny because like I have a bunch of big Star Wars fans in my family, all my older siblings who were are that age but it's 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 funny cuz i i still remember coming back to the states um in the summer of 99 and it was just it was full on hype for the Phantom Menace um yeah oh yeah and and i and I, it was I, everywhere it was ever it was you literally couldn't avoid it go to a taco bell or a, you know burger king or pizza hut <laughs> like it was there the pepsi bottles um, Mountain Dew, like all the promotional tie-ins, it was just ubiquitous. It was everywhere, and it's so funny because since we've had we had um, Dr. David West Reynolds on the podcast this summer, this past summer, uh, which if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely check out that episode because he talks about working for Lucasfilm at this time, um, and 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 even J.W. Winsler, um, who I, I I guess I should mention on the show. Has been going through a tough time in a cancer battle, um, and and he was up, but he was there at Lucasfilm at this time, at this really special time, and he talked about them cutting together this trailer. Um, it was such a it was such a big deal. Um, but uh, if you haven't, if you haven't, I I, I should say it right here, if if you haven't, uh, a great way to support. Um, J.W. Rensler, especially since he was on the program, is uh, snag a copy of his book, All Up, which which I have, actually. I have a, a signed copy that I read, Devoured, and then bought one for my dad. It's all about the uh, the space race and the fallout from World War II with Werner von Braun and the whole NASA program. Um, it's really interesting. It's historical fiction, but it's really well done. It's a page-turner, but uh, snag a copy of that. It's it's a great way to kind of show, show some support, and uh, and 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 share it on social media. And and you can tag us and J.W. Rensler, and and you can actually show that you're enjoying his work. I know it's a big pa- passion project of his, but uh, but that, that's just as a brief aside. I guess I I let off my ramblings here, Bruce, by saying if if you haven't, if you're like me and you didn't get to experience that moment in time, I'll never forget how eye-opening watching the beginning the uh, feature-length documentary chronicling the making of episode one and seeing that footage from opening nights and those lines and uh, seeing all the lightsabers in a darkened movie theater ignited and when it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there's like everybody goes quiet. There's some scattered hooping and hollering right here and there popping off and then as the main theme hits, BAM! the place just goes wild and it's just like (laughs) I I had this appreciation for that moment in time. And I think it's, it's important to like be able to preserve these, these moments in star Wars fandom as, as star Wars has become much more mainstream and everywhere at all times. It is less of a uh, precious commodity and more of a ubiquitous, you know, pop culture, uh, yeah, that, exactly that. It, just everywhere in pop culture. So it's it, it's interesting being on this time now post sequel trilogy where we find ourselves.
1: You you know me because you and I have gone to Star Wars movie premieres, which is so nice to say, right? <laughs> that we've had new Star Wars movies that we've got to do this, but it, it's getting. You know how I get a little nervous. Yeah. Before, Because I'm just like, I I, I can't deal if the projector breaks or something happens, you know, fire alarm goes off. You were a mess. Right before The
0: Last Jedi, you were a
1: mess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was a mess for that one. But I remember being not as much of a mess, but kind of a mess for this one. Because I remember the weekend was coming up for the premiere, and I was like, I don't want to go opening night. It's just going to be too crazy. I don't think I could handle the commotion. Like, I didn't want anybody cheering. Like, Mm. it was just like... You know, like this is church, you know, I can't, (laughs) I'm in there praying. I I can't be singing and dancing right now, you know, (laughs) it's like (laughs) and I I remember getting tickets for Saturday afternoon because I thought, well, by that point it will be calm, but I have to have tickets. I remember this panic of making sure they have tickets. And this is before like Fandango and and all that other stuff. And I I, I don't even remember how we got, if we went early to buy the, I I don't even remember that part, but you know what I was just thinking in this conversation and I don't want to do it on this episode. But mm-hmm. maybe on a future episode, I think it would be interesting for us to list our like top five or ten special Star Wars moments. Because this would be up there. The tra- this trailer would be somewhere in my top ten.
0: Interesting, like um, like moments as a fan. Yes. Not not necessarily like from the movie. Yeah, I love no, that. just
1: moments related to Star Wars. That that moments that you've had. Regarding Star Wars, whether going to see it or being at an event or something with family, whatever it is, like those top moments in your life.
0: It's so funny because I'll say one here, and then we—I think we will—we'll dedicate an actual show to do this, and I think this would be a lot of fun to do Um, after Mandalorian's done airing, and there's all this new Star Wars that's coming out in terms of Mandalorian. But once that content's down, and we have, I I think there's going to be some downtime. In the, in the new year, but I'd love to sit down with you and, and do that because I have to say it's, I, there's plenty of huge moments for me as a fan, both growing up and then um, years later as a podcaster. But it's, it's funny. The first one I thought to predates me podcasting. Um, and I didn't like a little bit on the EU cast, but it, it, before I ever had a Star Wars podcast of any kind, stripe or color, I will never forget being at Star Wars Celebration, and didn't really know anybody. It was like my mom, Bethany, and then uh, William from Ion Cannon, and a few of his friends, like uh, uh, an acquaintances from EU Cantina back in the day. Like we knew them kind of, and got to hang out a little bit. But I didn't know anybody. There weren't like a, I didn't have a group that I hung out with. Uh, I had yet to meet. Uh, The one and only Aaron Goins, like a lot of my, the Star Wars posse that we have when we, when conventions were a thing um, I had yet to meet, but um, I will never forget what it was like where I'd kind of just run out of things to do at the end of, I think it was like the Thursday or Friday and they were just screening the movies on the big screen. And The Phantom Menace was was one of them. I think this was the first night. It was Thursday night. And since it it wasn't, this has never happened since then, but there wasn't like somebody's hotel room where they were hanging out or an after party somewhere or an event here or there that I needed to rush off to as soon as the convention floor closed. It's just like the convention floor closed and all the panel programming was over and they were just, it's like nine o'clock at night and they were playing in the massive digital theater in the uh, Orlando Convention Center uh, the Phantom Menace, and I went and just hearing the hooping and hollering and the and some of the jeering and guffawing at the corny lines in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> like, but uh, me and Bethany just hung out there and watched the movie. We didn't. Even, I, we, I don't think we even finished it. It Like just ha- the first half of the movie. But I had just this sense of awe watching a Star Wars movie with hardcore Star Wars fans that were cheering and laughing and clapping along the way. It was just this this. You're right. Pseudo-religious experience um, where we're all in that room together. And it's, that's the first... When you ask me, like, Star Wars moments, that's the first thing that jumped to my mind. Because there, there are plenty of huge moments for me as a fan. Probably way bigger than just seeing the movie. But I'd never seen the, the Star Wars on a big screen before. Yeah. Um, until until the sequel trilogy came out, my, my opportunities to see Star Wars on the big screen were... I didn't see Clone Wars. um. Or maybe I did. I honestly can't remember. But I do definitely know that I saw The Phantom Menace and Empire Strikes Back at Star Wars Celebration on the big screen. And then uh, The Phantom Menace again when they had its 3D re-release. And that's the only time I've been had, go to a movie theater, be on a big screen, see a Star Wars movie. And that, and now that I'm thinking about that, that's kind of a shame. I hope that there's opportunities to um, watch it again. And I know... Um, and oh, then, you saw
1: a New Hope on the big screen with that's, me. I, After that's that?
0: Right. That's right. I that,
1: just remembered that. That, sh- that, that was been, one of the first times we hung out. Together. It
0: was. It was in Atlanta. They did a special screening of it. Um, I I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I had that opportunity because it's so rare. And I know this summer, ironically, because all the box big box office films just never came out or were released on digital, but a lot of the theaters in states that were allowed to open with limited capacity were opening with empire strikes back screening. And I was seeing those pop off around the country on social media, empire strikes back, um, uh, cyber screenings. And I, I I mean, I wish so badly I could go the nature of, uh, me being active duty military. I'm simply not allowed to just because of COVID policies. Um, uh, which are just very strict as far as as, as what you can do. So um I, I I it made me sad. I I really really miss not not being able to go see Star Wars at a movie theater. And and if I'm honest, I think a big part of the 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 high that I'm still on of that I that I of the my favorite aspects of the sequel trilogy um are are still from from those experiences of going and watching it on the big screen.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I was just thinking that time we saw A New Hope, remember how they advertised it as it was the original 1977 version? Oh, and we were yeah. like, oh my gosh, we're seeing the, I wonder how they got it. and Do you think I it really remember. is? Like, we were even debating about it. And then it comes on, and I think it was you that leaned over, you're like, it's the Blu-ray version.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which was weird. 70s. It wasn't even like a, a the previous theatrical print. Of whatever no. would have been from the special edition, it was literally like somebody probably fired up a Blu-ray player back there. I, I don't exactly. know; those rumors got out of control, but I don't know. That's yeah. that's what it reminded me of, and I'm glad. You know, I we I saw that news story on Tracks, which is by the way where we got a lot of our news stories this this week. So, uh, we'll have the links to all of the articles, but a lot of it comes from Tracks and our buddy uh, Mark Newbold over there. Can I
1: add one thing? Yeah. Just because we're reminiscing. Sure. And this would not be in my top 10, probably, but because it wasn't a good feeling. When I left watching Revenge of the Sith, when I walked out of the theater, Mm. my wife said to me, You know, so how'd you like it? I said, I loved it, but I'm depressed. (laughs) And she's like, Why? And I remember walking through the lobby of the theater saying, It's the last time we're ever going to see a new Star Wars movie. (laughs) That's the last one ever. It's mm, done. Yeah. The saga is done.
0: One last time. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> who who knew? Who knew? Um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of a lot of fond fond memories, and I had about exactly as much fun as I anticipated uh, reminiscing on on the Phantom Menace. Even though I wasn't even there, but you did, Bruce. Thanks for filling in the the old man <laughs> role for the for the podcast. Uh, you know what? I think it's time. Let's dive into it it's boba's bounty It's worth a lot to me as you wish you know each week we talk about something that we enjoyed uh that we did uh, in the world of star wars read perhaps listened to watched uh built if it's a lego set <laughs> Um, it's just our, our chance to shout out um, our personal pick from the world of Star Wars. And for me, I'll kick us off, Bruce. I just finished. The Rise of Kylo Ren. Even you, Master of the Knights of Ren. How's that? How's that? How's my, that's my Snoke. Mm, that was good. It's, Snoke is a lot more Lord of the Rings dramatic. Even you. Well, I guess it makes sense because it's it's freaking uh Andy Circus Gollum, but Master of the Knights of Ren. Uh, my p- precious <laughs> My um, But I I read it. I read every issue. It's the it's the trade paperback of all of the uh Rise of Kylo Ren issues written by Charles Soule, of course famous for the Vader comics, my favorite Star Wars storytelling certainly in in written or comic book form of the disney era um hands down easily easily but it chronicles uh and I, and 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 spoilers uh, as we talk about it uh i know each of these single issues have been out but i'm gonna stick to mild spoilers no huge plot points but it's a prequel so you kind of know where a lot of this stuff goes <laughs> but you get to see the fall of ben solo or as the comic book calls it, The Rise of Kylo Ren. But you very much, you get to see a young Ben Solo interacting with Snoke, his sort of secret dark side buddy, (laughs) and some of the seeds that were planted in a very young, very troubled Ben Solo. And and Ben Solo's almost the young Anakin Skywalker that I think a lot of people expected to see in The Phantom Menace. Like the kid who's going to be Darth Vader and he's secretly like, I don't know uh murdering puppies or something as a like there there's a deep, he's a deeply troubled Ben Solo who's very much struggling with his identity and it kind of chronicles even the flashback scene and the fallout from the black flashback scene of when Kylo Ren burns the temple uh the Jedi temple to the ground and that's kind of all from the first issue that they jump into shows a flashback of him having an encounter and running into the Knights of Ren with Luke Skywalker, and that sort of plants a seed. A young Ben Solo is almost fascinated by their disregard for um, the Sith or the Jedi. They're their own dark side organization, and Snoke is the one who plants the idea of him usurping the leader and and taking over the Knights of Ren and and claiming the identity of Kylo Ren. Um, it's it's really good. It's good. It's really well done. In fact, uh, all of the Kylo Ren stuff is. Is my favorite parts? The There's a subplot with uh, uh uh three Jedi Knights that were contemporaries of Luke's uh that go in pursuit of Kylo Ren. And they they're kind of pawns that become the like the avenue for which Kylo Ren falls. But they don't really give you as much of a chance to get to know them to really feel sad when there's <clears throat> conflict between ben solo and them but they do there's a nice kind of flashback scene that shows them all growing up together as as jedi padawans but how ben solo was always the most gifted most talented but also the most ostracized and never fit in um so it's 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 really well done it's the kind of stuff though it it i i i hear this a lot when it comes to the the sequel trilogy of like, I wish we could have seen it. I wish we could have seen what built up, what darkness lay in, in Ben Solo. So it wasn't so abrupt to see, you know, Luke Skywalker, uh, try to kill him. Um, which by the way, he does not do in the last Jedi for the record (laughs) to people who still say that, but you, 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 we've talked about that part of ad nauseum, but, but it, it does lend great background and fit really well into, um, the sequel trilogy, it does a great job of setting up his fall, but I don't know that I feel any differently. It didn't exactly for me. For me, I filled in the pieces of that mi- puzzle of, uh, on my own as a fan and I was okay with it with, uh, I didn't question Luke's motives for disconnecting from the force, um, or pointing out the failures of the Jedi order or even, um, you know, going into exile, like all of those things, um, I I I I was able to, um, I think uh, put together in a satisfying way in my own brain as a Star Wars fan. So I know for a lot of people that for a lot of you guys listening, that's not the case, and that's okay. Uh, but for me, I don't think this comic's going to change your opinion on on Last Jedi and, and fill in all the pieces. But as someone who I think, uh, as someone who liked the Last Jedi, and I think they did, a, uh, I think Ryan Johnson had a a a brilliant arc. For Luke Skywalker, that tragically had some very key elements missing, um, but I, I, I still don't. Dis- I still don't disagree with the overall arc of Luke Skywalker going into exile, realizing the failures of the Jedi, and 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 even himself learning from failure. Um, and I think they're the two moments in the Last Jedi that are the greatest elements of, frankly, that film, and maybe even the sequel trilogy are where where Yoda talks about failure as a teacher um and that moment with him and Luke and uh the moment where Luke does ignite his la- laser sword and save the save the rebellion or save the, the resistance. Those are I think the those are the the high beats of Luke, Luke's journey um and I think they get ignored far too much in the discourse about the last Jedi. I uh, I I'll, I'll quibble right along with you guys on on a lot of the way that the that it was handled but for me nothing will take away from that moment of Yoda um, talking to Luke and and and, re- and and conversing about failure as 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 ultimately the greatest teacher and 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 the importance of of humility and that that's really the failure of the the old Jedi order um so I don't know that's 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 me that's my little two cents on the rise of Kylo Ren have, wow. you gotta read it man it's good stuff
1: okay <laughs>
0: yeah, well sorry, sorry.
1: I, to your point let me just add something yeah it, yeah real quick um and i've got more to add here in a moment um <laughs> if anybody wants to hear uh, i there's times i do feel like i wish that these the sequel trilogy were episodes 10 11 12 and we got something in between that led up to this as number seven, eight,
0: and nine. Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
1: To your point, like seeing what happened to Ben solo, what happened to Luke, what happened to all these characters in the meantime. And it's almost like it's the journey of Ben solo in that trilogy. And then we get to this trilogy the sequel trilogy, which would be 10, 11 and and 12, which is more than the journey of Ray, you know, but Anyway, it is what it is. I mean, it still works. I'm just saying. I, I to your point, I really wish we could see that backstory. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. They literally so my, and and sorry, oh, yeah. uh, they literally do this. There's this moment, and I'll mild spoilers, but they, they literally replay the moment of um, Luke seeing the darkness within Kylo and Kylo waking up, and 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 uh, you know, in the movie where we hear him like Ben, no and um depending on which version you see who ignites their lightsaber first but you see their lightsabers clashing and uh in the subtext you see snoke's words go- echoing through ben solo's brain um and 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 my favorite one here is like skywalker feared you your strength he was always small um it it, it, it he, this, he's Uh, you did not choose this, Ben. The Jedi, uh, the Jedi did. Skywalker did, and so, um, it's interesting. He, it's he plays he plays into Ben's arrogance by exposing the the arrogance and the disconnect of the Jedi, thinking that they would just rebuild the order like like it once was. And even though Luke didn't necessarily buy into that. Uh, a lot of the a lot of his followers did and a lot of his followers worshiped him as a hero and and it still had that structure of the great ah the great Luke Skywalker, <laughs> as Mark Hamill so brilliantly delivers sorry uh, you I'm sure you have a boba's bounty
1: <laughs> I do well, besides the fact that I watched these little bits and pieces of Baby Yoda before the show um and uh, besides the fact that I caught up on all the epi- the remaining episodes I need to listen to a Star Wars Report, Star Wars Bookworms, and Star Wars Beyond the Films today. So, my Boba's Bounty. Get ready, Riley. You ready? You ready? Sit down. Hit me. My Boba's Bounty is I read all four issues of The Rise of Kylo Ren today. Wait, what?
0: <laughs> you did not.
1: I did because when you text me yesterday, I was like, "I've been wanting to read that, and it, it would not leave my mind." I'm like, "I've got to read this before we record," because well, I, I knew like you were going to bring it I, up.
0: I should have made this more, much more. Convers- I was just there monologuing in my little corner here about the waxing eloquent about the the comic, and then let you get in a word edgewise. What do you think, well, man? Well, I'm going
1: to add to it because well, I I love listening to what you had to say. I'm going to tell you what. Um, well, first of all, I really did enjoy this comic. I like learning more about the Knights of Ren and what Ren is. There's even more I want to know about that backstory, but we're getting more backstory to that. Uh, But the biggest thing that I took away from this, and this is, this is huge to me. The thing I really learned about Ben Solo in this comic is how the weight of the galaxy is on his shoulders because He has felt like he's been lied to in his life, but at the same time, he has this responsibility. Everybody expects so much from him because he's a Skywalker. He's a solo. He's both. The Mm. name of Ben has been passed down to him from Obi-Wan Kenobi, a great Jedi Knight. And even these others uh, that he grew up with, these other Jedi in training, expect him to be so much more and better than they are, which in a sense he is but because of who he is and who he's related to. And because this, he's on this mantle, this pedestal, then he just feels like the weight is all on him and he's going to fall. And it's like you mentioned uh, Yoda's teaching about failure and you have to allow it in order to learn. Well, the thing is with him being on this pedestal, once he falls, he feels like he fails because everybody expects him to be great. Everybody expects him to be perfect. And guess what? That's the same thing people expected of Anakin, the Chosen One. What? Imagine that weight on your shoulder. All the Jedi, everybody who knows who you are, you are the Chosen One. And then what about Luke? You are the son of the Chosen One. You're the one who brought down the Emperor and Darth Vader. You're the last Jedi the weight of the world and the universe are on his shoulders and then he has a moment where he falls he doesn't fall to the dark side but he falls almost into desperation and and failure and depression yeah and in all scenarios mm-hmm. all three of these characters have have been built up to be something bigger than what they think they are even kylo ren even i mean ben solo I should say in this comic has felt like you're you know that people are building him in something he's not he doesn't he knows he's not perfect and because of that they hit a low point and that's what i took away from this comic it just echoed what luke went through and what anakin went through Mm. and the same thing's happening to ben
0: well said well said it's interesting and you but and you see a um you see a difference in in the way they respond you see i think some some of the more significant character flaws of of Ben Solo and why he's he's more susceptible. He's not as strong of character at this time in his life, at least. Um, as as and he's Luke he's targeted as Luke was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, but you I mean, almost feel best Ironically, he didn't have a Jedi protector, um, literally preserving his innocence in the way that Obi Wan preserved Luke's. Luke, in fact, was he was thrown into the midst of it. And you're right, the, the weight of the, the galaxy on his shoulder. It was, it, it's a very interesting dynamic and really well done. Um, dude, I'm so glad you read it. The other one I read, and I'm not going to talk about it, we don't have time, maybe next week, um, the trade paperback for the new uh, ongoing run of the main Star Wars line of Marvel, now set immediately after Empire Strikes Back. Um, I just wrapped that, and it was pretty good, too. Pretty good. Um, I put it up there with some of the better uh, mainline Star Wars comics. Um nice. But yeah, uh, you, you know what? <laughs> Dude, there's been so much great conversation. And, and, and I really, I've got to, I, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the episodes, so I don't want to bounce past it. Uh, I want to hit up a quick email, so we'll do, we'll do some listener feedback, and then we're going to roll right into our um, our Patreon, talk about uh, the most recent Mandalorian episode, and, and just hang out with, uh, with uh, you chaps, but... First, email from Willie says, once again, great episode. Well, thanks, Willie. I think you may have missed a chance to highlight just how well Katie Sackhoff did in bringing Bo-Katan to life. I have to admit that I had a lot of trepidation about bringing both Bo-Katan and Ahsoka from animation to live action. I love that both characters, I love both characters, who doesn't? But making the leap from animation to live action is not without peril. Animation doesn't have the resolution of real life. It's easy for our imagination to fill in the gaps. Uh, so I was worried that they wouldn't come off very well. I was also worried that we would basically see Katie, uh, playing Starbuck, playing Bo-Katan. <laughs> and I was a huge fan of her role in Battlestar Galactica, so much so that I was worried that, uh, I would see the ghost of Starbuck in her portrayal, but I couldn't be happier. Katie really owned the role and it came to life. I really hope we get more of her. Uh, still have a little bit of trepidation about Rosario Dawson coming and playing Ahsoka. Uh, Mainly because she was a uh, main character in the Clone Wars, and I think we all have our sort of head canon on what she would be like in real life. But uh, I want to I want to get your take, uh, Bruce. We didn't really get a chance. It's funny because I'm a massive fan of of uh, Katie Sackoff and especially her character as Starbuck in, in *Battlestar Galactica*. Just one of the the greatest, most nuanced, interesting, sympathetic, and yet flawed characters in science fiction. Period. Like her portrayal of Starbuck throughout *Battlestar Galactica*. Love the series. Love her portrayal. For Bo Katan, I feel like we haven't seen it yet. It's different enough. I didn't really s- see Starbuck. Eh, I saw Starbuck a little bit. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but I thought it was. Um, I, we haven't had that chance to see much character development or motivation. And I really hope we get to see that level of, um, you know, backstory and motivation and and, and become more sympathetic to Bo Katan as a character in live action. Because right now, all we know is that like she's a badass Mandalorian who's hanging out with you know, our Mandalorian and also wants to take over Mandalore again and declare herself the ruler, but we don't know much about her family past and, and other than that, she's experienced a lot of loss. So she's still sort of a mysterious character. Um, So I think there's still a lot of potential there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I saw her, I thought, well that's the actress who played starbuck i didn't but i didn't see starbuck you know yeah. i mean she looked different enough and she's at a different age too but if anything i mean so i saw bo katan but if anything i loved it when they were on the ship and you would hear her over the intercom
0: because yeah.
1: it's like we're just hearing the voice or just when she was initially just still with the helmet on when she's behind a mask and we're just hearing the voice it's like that's the voice that's the voice from the clone wars and by doing that first having the recognizable voice that mm. took away from the su- uh, yeah. I mean, it was a surprise to see you take her helmet off, but it's like, okay, it feels like Bo-Katan cause it sounds like Bo-Katan. So just seeing her when she took the helmet off, wasn't like this. Oh my gosh, that's Starbuck now. That, that's <laughs> not Bo-Katan. So it didn't, <laughs> it didn't ruin it for me or anything, but you're right. We didn't get a whole lot of her. And I, you know, we'll see if, you know, if we're seeing Ahsoka and, We'll see.
0: <laughs> mm, we'll see. I am a little trepidation. I think. Um. Uh, but you know what? I've I've been so impressed with everything else. The Mandalorian. I, I I have pretty good. I have faith about um, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. And it's like going to be really Ahsoka. interesting. It's going to be. A, that's a much harder character than Bo Katan to bring to live action. Let's be honest. Um, and and that's the thing. It's a the animation world. It just moves quicker. There's a there's a storytelling format to animation. Um, it's more exaggerated, more dramatic, and it, and it fits like the the characters, the Sabines of the world, uh, work really well in, in animation. Structurally speaking, um, yeah, the I don't know, Ahsoka's the the movements of the characters, the sort of exaggerated. Um, You know, melodramatic acting and pace of the animated episodes. I think there's that can come off real corny real fast if you try to go that direction in live action. And they definitely tampered that down a lot for Bo-Katan. And I I think they'll do the same for Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka, if anything, will be a more mysterious mentor figure that will briefly show up here or there maybe with a hood like uh, in Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Like um, She won't be running around fighting a bunch of battle droids obviously like like she was in the series so we'll see we'll see i am i am too, willy i'm too trepidatious um but we we shall see we shall see well hey guys uh shoot us an email at report at gmail.com you can get in on the action like Willie, uh and uh shoot us an email to see, uh, say what you thought of anything we talked about in today's episode especially the mandalorian as we've been uh keeping up with this amazing season two i've thoroughly enjoyed it uh especially the most recent episodes um, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report to check out all the bonus content that we post, uh, right there. You can join at the, uh, tip jar jar, just chip in a little bit each month or, uh, the rogue transmissions level for our, uh, bonus podcast. You can get access to that level. And of course the Bothan High Council, which is who we're about to hang out, out with actually here on, uh, on Skype. So check all the stuff we've got out at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. And also uh, to this uh, this week's sponsor, William Sonoma, and their Navarro Nummies. No, <laughs> mm, yum yum. You would think they were as long as we talked about them. Uh, no, uh, Mr. Bruce Gibson, tell uh, tell the people where they can find you on the internet.
1: I'm on Twitter at Admiral Underscore Rex, and I'm on Instagram just Admiral Rex, and uh, I'm on the Positively Trek podcast.
0: Nice, nice. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, you can also. Stay in touch with us between shows. Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report, at Star Wars Report on Twitter, and then of course, Star slash iTunes. That'll take you to the iTunes store. You can leave us a rating and review. We really do appreciate those. They help get the word out about the show. Super, Anywhere you listen to the podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review and uh, share the show with a friend. We do appreciate you guys getting the word out about the Star Wars Report podcast. And uh, hey, if you. be interested if you're still listening and and want to share your journey uh the first time you as a star wars fan saw that original teaser to the phantom menace shoot us an email i'd love to hear about it until next time may the force be with you and remember many bothans died to bring you this podcast Doctor. Doctor. Uh, stand by one.